amazing personal tales in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Welsh prop Amy Evans retires from international rugby for personal reasons, and we've shown that diabetes need not be a barrier. Definitely, there's no limits in what you can do. Just because you're diabetic, it doesn't rule you out. It just means everything you do achieve, you deserve a bigger pat on the back. It's been a year since back row. Ellis Jenkins was injured at the end of the victory over South Africa. So despite an obvious silver lining, it has been hard. Yeah, it has. No one wants to be out at all, never mind for a year. So it's been great watching the success of the national team in, in particular. Um, obviously watching during the Six Nations. Well, Wales under-19s get a good win against Scotland. They did really well and took their opportunities and uh, we're really pleased how the week ended for us. Under-19s and 20s coach Gareth Williams. More on that game later, but first, quite an incredible personal story. Amy Evans has been a fixture of the Wales women's teams for a few years now. The rock up front on whom the rest could rely on after moving to rugby from an international weightlifting career. The fact she's also diabetic makes that more impressive, while combining it all with a growing business career. All of which explains why she stepped back from the international arena, as Liz Jones found out. Obviously I've been playing for like six years now, and within that six years I've got the business now as well, with the gym and everything. So since I've taken over the business, it's been a lot more workload related. So when I'm away from the business, the business obviously suffers because people don't come to the gym just for the gym is because of me within the gym. So my classes are popular. If I get substitutes in for my classes, then I find my numbers drop and stuff. So just from um, a business point of view, it was hard to manage the both because obviously with international rugby, you need to be 100% committed. And if I'm going to do something, I need to do it 100%. So I felt like I wasn't giving the jersey everything that it should deserve because especially this autumn campaign, um, I've had to miss a couple of games to be at the gym. But within that six years as well, my priorities have changed. I've now got a fiancé, I've got a family. I'm taking time out for the weekends and missing massive parts in their life, being away from them. I was just struggling to cope with being away a lot and feeling like I wasn't kind of giving everything to my new family and my new situation. So priorities just changed. Rugby will always have like a massive part in my heart, but my happiness is with my family at the moment. So I don't want to keep on playing and regret missing opportunities with them where I've pretty much done everything with rugby. I've been to Six Nations, I've done a World Cup, I've scored international tries. I've probably, without, you know, I could go to another World Cup New Zealand and obviously that would have been a goal to push for but two years of missing out on potential family times and I don't want to leave them down you know so it's just basically a priority change. To look back on your career a lot of highs in that what would you say were the most memorable times? Yeah my first cap was obviously at home in St Helens against England which to have your first cap against England was a daunting experience like I was on the bench for Catherine Edwards, who was a massive, like she's a legend of a prop, you know, so she helped me along, I was roomed with her. So just to have that first international experience with someone of that legacy was just amazing, you know. And not only did I get on for my first cap, then we actually won against England. So to have a first cap at home, play in England and win, I don't think comes any better than that. You know, I ticked all the boxes there. Another massive highlight is obviously playing in France, so Six Nations France. I scored two tries in France and obviously they have much larger crowds there. So just the buzz, the stadium atmosphere, being able to get over twice in one game. 
like that one always sticks out in my head as a, a really poignant game. And then World Cup being face to face with New Zealand, you know, when they did the hacker to be able to stand there and witness them do the hacker and you know the buzz that goes through you, you get your goosebumps, your hairs come up on your head, you know, your arms when you're watching that, that's amazing like so I've had some really great moments in rugby and I'll always cherish them but I'm just looking now to kind of make different kind of memories and, and moments. Can you sum up what it's given you? Well it's been me kind of I came from a weightlifting background which is a very much a singular sport so everything you do is on your own so coming into a rugby environment the social aspect of it the amount of people I've met and the friends I've made will carry on throughout rugby and, and my lifetime of, of playing you know the people the coaches that team camaraderie is something which I've never experienced properly so that rugby environment has allowed me to kind of just be able to get involved in that which has been amazing and just the development from myself I'd never really played rugby like I just got picked up from a talent ID day I played a little bit when I was like under eight you know touch rugby but didn't touch a ball up until I was 24 so from 24 to now it's just been a massive learning curve, you know. My first Six Nations, I was told, don't pass the ball, just run into someone and just don't lose it because I couldn't be trusted because I didn't really know how to play the game. I was there just for my strength, my scrummaging ability. But I feel like over the five years, I've massively developed into an actual ball player now. So it's given me the skill set to kind of just be diverse and, and change. And it's been just been really good just meeting new people from all over the world and travel, obviously, as well. Play the match as well. Recall last Six Nations. Yes, yeah, in Scotland. Yes, yeah, another massive one. Yeah, I won the Ospreys Woman of the Year as well. So to be able to go to that award ceremony with the likes of kind of Dan Lydiard and Bigger and everyone there, they're all winning their awards, and I win the Women's Player of the Year award. I didn't expect it, and that was a massive honour as well. So. And from when you came into the game, like six years ago to where it is now obviously you've played regional rugby club rugby as well and international rugby do you think it's in a healthy place at the moment definitely even over this last campaign there's been a massive change and it's kind of going where I would like to see it go for me I'm very much a professional kind of person I'm, I'm there to do a job and get it done I like to have fun when the time comes to have fun but for me is there we're there for a purpose and I feel a program is heading that way it's very much now going into that professional environment and I feel like over the next few years leading up to the World Cup there will be massive changes in the women's game and I would love to be there for those changes. From a health point of view obviously you've talked about your diabetes but you know that must be a kind of a struggle. Yeah it's a massive struggle Um, there's not two days are the same I could play one game, I'd be absolutely fine. The next game, not everything I do is a conscious decision. What I eat, what I pick up, how much I train, how long am I pumping out, how long am I pumping in, how much active insulin have I got left, what time am I going to go to bed, what time am I going to get up, is the jelly babies available? Literally, there is so many questions in my head daily. Added to that then is the business. Is it running okay? Is the staff doing all right when I'm not here? And then the added questions then with rugby, am I doing on my calls? Am I nutritionally okay? Am I doing everything I can do? So like my head is a massive minefield every day kind of thing. So taking out the rugby now aspect of it will be a nice little kind of relief of just one less thing to yeah. worry about. So just going to give me a little bit more downtime just to, to relax a little bit more. You know, you're an example that shows to others that it can be done. Yeah, definitely. I was diagnosed when I was 11. 
And that was after my sister had just come out of remission from leukaemia. We've had like troubled times from health, basically from when I was nine. So seeing my sister in hospitals with, with leukaemia and then thinking everything was okay. And then me being diagnosed with diabetes has just been from a young age, just continual kind of like thought process health. My dad's diabetic as well. So that probably made it a little bit less scary because I've seen my dad control it. I've seen him have hypo and he's okay, but it's a scary process. And I know when people witness me having a hypo, it is a massive shakeup because I deal with it so well. I don't let anybody know that I'm diabetic because no one needs to know. I control it well. If people ask me questions, I'll 100% answer them truthfully and honestly. And then after one of the games last year, I did have a, a bad hypo. And I think that was a shock to the system for everybody because they realised actually damn, this is pretty serious. But because I'm so kind of casual with it, as in don't like to bring up or pull up on it or use it as an excuse for anything. I think that's the, the major thing, using it as an excuse. No one would really know that the kind of effect it does have on your life. And it's not a bad thing. I'm the perfect example that you can achieve anything. I mean, I've travelled the world with Olympic weightlifting and represented Wales with weightlifting. I've also done powerlifting. I hold the current records for bench press, squat and total in powerlifting. And I got 36 caps as well. So it doesn't make you stop doing anything, but it does make things a lot harder because you have to control it daily, you know? So definitely there's no limits in what you can do. Just because you're diabetic, it doesn't rule you out. It just means everything you do achieve, you deserve a bigger pat on the back because you've done it and got through a lot to get there because just living is a tough process when you're diabetic. So to add all this extra stuff on top of it as well, I congratulate anybody who achieves anything with diabetes because I know when you're a kid as well. I mean, I had Jade Cocknell, so the number eight for Scotland, messaged me two days ago. One of her kids, which she teaches, is diabetic and was like, Jade, do you know anybody who's diabetic who's actually good at anything? Because same with me when I was a kid, you just grow up being like, oh, you're diabetic, pretty much you're ruled out. You can't do this. Like I wanted to be a policewoman or a fire. And in that day and age, back 15, 20 years ago, there was no kind of leeway for diabetics. So if you wanted to be something in the emergency service, you can't be it, you're diabetic. If you wanted to go into the army, you can't do it, you're diabetic. So there was a lot of no's, whereas now those doors are opening for everybody. They're making exceptions. So there is literally no limits in what you can do with being diabetic. So it's just like a message I sent to her. Just because you're diabetic, don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. You know, if you want it, you can achieve it. It's just about how much you do want it. Inspirational indeed. Fascinating stuff from Amy. A player who's hoping to return to the international scene is back rower Ellis Jenkins, injured in the final seconds of a man-of-the-match performance in the victory against South Africa just over a year ago. So as his return gets nearer, how is he? Yeah, not too bad. Sort of just getting into a bit of running the last few weeks. So just trying to build on that, really. Trying to do as much as I can without, without overdoing it. Just it's tough not to get carried away a little bit, but just listen, listen to the physios, going off their advice, and uh, hopefully be back on the pitch as soon as possible. You know, lots of boxes you've got to tick before you can get back into the contact stuff, but improving slowly. This side of Christmas, so? I hope so. Around Christmas time, all going well. I want to be back as soon as possible, but I've got to sort of take the advice of the, of the experts and, and listen to what they say and not try and push it too much. It's been quite a frustrating year for you, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it has. No one wants to be out for uh, at all, never mind for a year, so 
been great watching watching the success of, of the national team in, in particular. Um, obviously watching during the Six Nations, winning the Grand Slam was, was brilliant. Um, I know how much how hard those boys have worked and been part of it for the last uh, sort of two three years. And a bit of you that wishes you could be involved, but it's it great to watch them have, have the success. Yeah, did you get through that frustration phase by the time the World Cup came around? Were you able to enjoy it at all? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was it's still still frustration, you know. You you're sort of wondering what if. But like I said, it was. It was I, I know how hard those boys have worked, and I, I was just uh, happy for them, for uh, especially all through the through the group stages. And unfortunately, we couldn't couldn't quite get past the uh, the semi final. But uh, I think the boys should be very proud of uh, of the way they performed. And personally, obviously, you got a chance to do it all in four years' time. Yeah, hopefully. I'll worry about sort of getting back on the pitch and being able to play again first, but I just want to get back playing at the top level and uh, you know, hopefully uh, I'll be able to do that. Do you think you've got enough time to put down a serious challenge for the Six Nations throughout this year? Again, not really thinking about it. I've got to just worry about getting, being able to put a training week together first and then making sure I can get through a training week, play and then be able to, be able to back that up. So when it happens, it happens. If it's not, if it's not by then, then, uh, then so be it. As for Cardiff Blues start the season, it's been uh, a little underpowered, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a tough, tough run of results for us. Really, performance is not where we want them to be. We talk about it. We're not, not as if we're uh, brushing it under the carpet. We we know that our performances aren't, aren't good enough, and, and we're working hard to improve them. The great thing about sport is you get a chance to do that every week. Here at a, a European launch, you might make the, the latter stages of uh, this uh, group competition. And what are the messages from the club as to the importance of the Challenge Cup? Because obviously it's been uh, a tournament that's been very good for Cardiff Blues, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has. I think if you speak to most of the boys at the Blues about their highlights of, of their club career, winning the Challenge Cup would be, would be right up there, if not right at the top. I know it, it, it is for me, and we made some, some great memories around uh, in that uh, Cup run finishing in Bilbao but look, like I said we need to focus on our, on our performances at the moment because sort of the results we've had and the performances that we've um, put in out uh, are not good enough really and we're working hard to improve that and we'll need to You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast Such problems for Wales under-19s, an impressive win against Scotland at Ustred Munnoch. 19-0 up at half-time, with wing Jake Thomas getting two tries and centre Bradley Roderick one. Then they were 31-0 up before two late tries for the Scots made the final score 31-12. Afterwards, coach Gareth Williams spoke to Graham Gillespie. Gareth, two late tries, does that sort of maybe take the gloss off the win? No, it was an exercise from our point of view. Um, it was a culmination in a good week where we had the boys together in you know, a number of different circumstances, really. You know, some of the older 20s boys were in for periods and this was a culmination which gave the younger boys an opportunity out there. I thought you know, they did uh, really well and took their opportunities and uh, we're really pleased how the week ended for us. We could dwell on, on the end, but there's you know, reasons for it and... No, we're really pleased because, you know, from a defensive point of view, there's a real good defensive shift halfway through that second half, which yeah. can go unnoticed, and, you know, that, that was superb. Uh, so when we added everything together, it was a real good exercise. Yeah, it was an unkept game, but it was still a full frontal uh, assault up there, wasn't it, on the front line? Yeah, it was. They came down here to be physical. I thought we dealt with that well. Probably a couple of contact areas we were disappointed with, but I think that was just more to do with, you know, some of the synergy of players just working together for the first time. So, um, 
I thought we rode those uh, early situations really well and put our stamp on the game. So, yeah, chuffed to that. In the first half, three well-taken tries as well. Yeah, some good execution, fair play, in quite difficult conditions. The weather kept changing for us. and But no, we dealt with it really well and there was some real good execution uh, examples up there. And as you say, when you score five tries, it looks like the attacking's gone really well, but the defence really put in a big shift, didn't they? Yeah, it was definitely a majority of that second half, really. We, we were camped on our line and great example of that facet of our game. So moving forward, the Six Nations just around the corner for the under-20s. Is this a good starting point for the boys? Yeah, I think some boys put their hands up, you know, and as coaches, we're learning about relationships with individuals and getting to know players and, yeah, boys have put their hands up and given us something to go away with now and really consider moving towards that uh, exciting Six Nations. Finally, a unique double at this week's Varsity Rugby match. The men's and women's captains for Cambridge University are both Welsh for the first time. Rob Cole spoke to Stephen Leonard and first Fiona Shuttleworth. On a personal level, what's it like playing with your sister? It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> no, we're both flankers, so... Now you're we... both blues as well, that's yeah, the main yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but we both work together very, very well, very efficiently. I know exactly what she's going to do. I know that someone's always got my back. That's what I think of the entire team, but with Jenny, it's someone whose mind I can almost read and know what she's going to do. We all have each other's back, and then, yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's so just uh, reiterate to me your rugby background. Where did you start? So I was playing in university, yeah. so in my second year of university. Yeah. Why? Because, so Jenny dragged me along to a development day and neither of us had played before. We were both looking to join a sport. We'd been told to try out rugby by multiple people on both of our different circles, so both of them. And then we got together to the development days, went to the three sessions and then got called up for university training from then on. And, yeah. you know, we've always been sporty, but rugby has been the sport that we've stuck with purely, I think, because the friendships and the, the companionship and stuff that you build around it the game is amazing and it, ma- it makes you have these incredible bonds with people and I think that that's why we stuck at it So coming from the Swansea area how could you not have played before? I know well women's rugby it's not, it's not at that level unfortunately yeah. at the moment and it is getting there and it's a fast growing sport I think for women in the UK yeah. and that's brilliant so hopefully in 20 years it'll be a completely different picture we will be hugely yeah, hugely talented in terms yes. of like our progression in the, in the club and which we're already starting to see but we'll get a fresher intake we'll have college sport and college teams fighting each other each week that's exactly what we want but at the moment because we don't have the influx of pressures from below because it isn't at that level we have to work harder at recruiting people like myself like our team manager Alice like my sister Jenny who haven't done it before so in your mind what does the showcase of 12th of December look like more people watching an exciting game, yeah. a brilliant game, a game that showcases women's rugby. So do you take that attitude, we'll win playing the best way, or is it win at all costs? We'll win playing the best way, 100%. We will not win at all costs. All costs means it's lacking in discipline, you're, d- you're doing stuff, you're going outside the team, you're not working together. For us, it's you win and you win disciplined, or you lose, but you lose doing everything that you set out to do. Yeah. And if, if there's a better team today, there's a better team today. Yeah. But we will not, it's not a win at all costs, it's a win with maintaining our discipline. And being up in that Bucks League alongside oh, Oxford, terrific. Make, oh, terrific, terrific. We need it. We, we need to be pushed. We were in the lower league last season and we'd win game 6 0. That, that doesn't benefit us. What benefits us is being challenged. We don't want to win 
every game or we don't want to win every game undefeated. We want to have battles. We want to be challenged in our scrums and actually put pressure on us and that, that makes you improve. You don't improve by winning every week. And it's a tough league. I saw Cambridge play at Cardiff Met a few years ago and it wasn't pretty. No, but it's changed from then. But you learn. Yeah, we've learned. We've learned. We played Cardiff Met twos last season and we did brilliantly we lost but then we played Durham this term Durham who are definitely up, up there with one of the best yes. rugby universities in the UK and we put 11 points past them we finished with a held up try on their try line we didn't give up to the end yeah. we played fantastically whereas historically we were losing 60 nil. so we have we have stepped up and that, that's what I'm so looking forward to seeing this season is us, is us showing what we can do what sort of captain are you? Um, Enthusiastic. Lead, lead, lead by example. Yeah. That, that's who I am. I will lead by absolute example. If I'm killing myself on the pitch, I want everyone to look at me and be like, I want to do that. I, she's so dedicated to the team, I'm going to be that. Yeah. That's how I lead. It doesn't, as we saw with Jamie Roberts, make uh, complete sense that you're going to win a game because you've got a star player, does it? No, not at all. Obviously, a massive cliche, but rugby is uh, it's, it's, it's a team sport. And I think we are very lucky in the fact we have a massive cohort of guys who've been, been through the varsity match process before. To me, it meant that when I picked up the um, baton in January, I was really working with a bunch of guys who knew what it was about and we're starting from a good baseline. So then we spent seven, eight months working with a group of individuals who know what they're doing, which means that when we got back in September, we were at a much uh, better place than the year previously. Mm-hmm. And then you add in our postgraduates who are coming in and suddenly it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty exciting squad. She's some honour for you. Yeah, 100%. Every so often I try and sort of catch myself and realise what's going on from a very personal point, coming from you know, middle, middle of nowhere in, in West Wales to being captain. Do you know the list of Welshmen who've been in this position before? Yeah, I got... I got you, are on a, you are on a big yeah, list. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Massively, just sort of, you know, on a very, 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 uh, I mean, privileged list, basically. So, yeah, to, to, be, to, to be following their footsteps is massive, and I think there are a lot of people at home who are just incredibly happy for me and uh, you know follow the journey as, as best they can yeah. but uh, never mind about the Welsh lineage you played for England counties <laughs> played for England County. I mean come on <laughs> what was it like wearing a white shirt um, it was interesting it was nice being part of a fresh environment for 10 days I really enjoyed getting stuck into it as everyone always says at this sort of level you're, you are balancing rugby with other things it's nice to get away you go on a rugby tour that's you're just training twice a day and then once you finish training you're focused on recovery and like build towards the next session and what I really enjoyed is that we went out and played really competitive Georgian sides. So I think in the past they've played Romania sides and they win by 40 points. We went out, we had two genuine test matches. First was really fierce and contested and we came out with a decent win. The second they brought in some of their big guns from around Europe. It was even, it was, it was an even tougher game and they win by a point. So it means we come away, we learn our lessons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a really good rugby experience and something that I'll remember for a long time. That could have been you playing professionally though. Just part of you think, um, again, I'm very happy with the place I am. I think if I set some goals myself five years ago, being on a PhD course at Cambridge whilst playing a fantastic style of rugby, I'd be very, very happy with where I was at. So I don't think I don't think there's a massive part of me that wishes I pursued the professional career at 18. And I think in my head now, it's one of the things that if, if an opportunity crops up, I'd, I'd, I'd have a serious think about it. But I think I'd do it once I finish my studies. Yeah. How long are you going to go on for? So, I've got two currently, and I was involved in one of my first yeah. three involvements, two Blues. So, in theory, yeah, I think if I, if I, if I play in, in the remain of, of the vast match, I'll get to seven. I'm, yeah, it would be, well, I mean, we'll be on itself. Mind-blowing! Yeah, I mean, to be amongst that list would be fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so how difficult is it balancing uh, 
work and play, so to speak? Um, yeah, you have to be quite organised, which isn't always my best trait, but it definitely adds a little bit of spice to life. I, I'm definitely a person who prefers being very busy than having a lot of free time. So for me, currently if I'm, if I'm going to the lab, I'll sort of do a working day and I'll happily then cycle to the rugby club, spend a couple hours, you know, go to the gym training. But in reality, for me, that's spending two or three hours with your very good mates. It's not sure at all, which I think makes it possible. Uh, just very slowly, explain to me what your PhD is. Okay, uh, so broad sense, I'm doing a PhD in something called uh, cancer immunotherapy. So the idea of this is there have been a lot of studies showing that your immune system can sort of detect and start fighting cancers. And so the premise behind it is that you can use some um, pharmaceuticals to enhance the immune response and therefore hopefully have a genuine fight against cancer. Within that, so this is going to get slightly more technical, I am looking at a signaling pathway inside a group of cells. I don't know if it's in very basic English. Inside a group of cells that just sort of... I'm, I'm not really going to be able to do right, justice. So, so can I say then, Stephen, you're captain in Cambridge and you're curing cancer. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, well, captain in Cambridge is fantastic, but what you're doing or looking to do is fantastic as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm incredibly excited about my PhD project. It's something that I've really been wanting to do for, I mean, the last two or three years where, um, when I first sort of came into research. So to be able to actually pursue it, it's absolutely amazing. So that's it for this week's Watch Rugby podcast. Remember, we'll be next week. But until then, goodbye.